start the Mamer Rabbi, the fourth uh, discussion of the Kazari, it's fourth out of five. Uh, we've basically discussed in the first section the arguments for Judaism, which we saw in the end the king converted. Afterwards, he wanted to know about the Torah, and uh, we spoke about in the second section, he wanted to know about the Koyach of Rabbanan, what right they have to make Halachas, how they explain the Torah, what the the line of tradition of the Tanoim were, and was all explained in the third section. And now we come to talking about uh, the more spiritual concept. He's going to start with the names of Hashem. So the Kazai wants to know what the names of Hashem mean. That was a, a starting question, and that's what the Chaver, the Chacham, is going to explain at the beginning, the various titles we give to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's very interesting is, what we're going to see to that, where the Hashem and the Kazari, is exactly the same way the Ram explains it, exactly the same way we saw the Nefesh and the Ramban, it's something which is pretty much unanimous um, in understanding the concept. So the name of Hashem is going to start with is the name Elakim. And he says, Hashem's name Elakim is a tire, it's a description of a Moshal, the Dabba Minadvar. A Moshal somebody who's in control, or the Dain, or as a judge. A judge also has a certain authority. So Elakim is a name used for control, a name used for authority. In the words of the Shulchan Aruch, the name Elohim means Barakayach, or Barakayach, someone who has power, who has ability to do. Now, that could be something which is a very specific area where that, where that entity has Kayach, or it could be something which is much more general. And therefore, when you're talking about a judge having a certain Kayach, it's over his particular, where he presides over his courtroom, where he can decide, the judgments he can rule. And when you're talking about something which has much more power, so then it's, that its power extends to much greater level. And therefore it says, There's the concept of Elohim, which refers to the whole world. And the specific, uh, specific part of, of the world. And then we refer to be talking about a certain uh, so to speak, spiritual entity which can run, like we say, a Kodesh Baruch set up to run a certain system in the world, or a person who has a certain authority over a certain group of people, then we call that person also an Akim, in other words, somebody who has power. And that's why when the Pasuk talks about judges a number of times, it calls them, which means people who have power. The same thing. When we're talking about uh, things which can, con- spiritual levels which have a certain amount of power, a certain amount of control, you call them Elohim as well. And uh, what are these spiritual levels which have a certain amount of control? This is something, like I said, which is really unanimous uh, between all of the Farshim. And that is when Akadosh Baruch Hu set up the world, Akadosh Baruch Hu set up a system in a way that there's, a, there's an intermediary level of Malachim between us and Hashem and therefore Malachim have a certain authority to bring down whatever level it is of Ruchnis down to this world. So that, that Malach can really be considered the, the Kayach of that, that particular uh, element which he's bringing down to this world. And that's always the name of the Malachim. If you'll see most Malachim in other names, it always finishes with the word El. Gabriel, Raphael, Michael, Uriel and so on. Why? Because El is the same name as Elohim. It's a source of power. And therefore, the, when you're talking about a Malach as having 
example, Gavriel is in Gibor Kel, which means it's the source of power of Hashem's Gvura, which he brings down to this world. Rafael is the power of healing which Hashem brings down to this world. And therefore, Malachim do have a certain authority which they use to convey what Hashem wants down to this world. Like we've said many times, Malachim don't have the ability to decide. So Malachim can't decide what to do with the power they're given. They're just mysteries to carry out what Hashem decides. So we can't dive into them. But on the other hand, since they are the shlichim, the agents, to bring what Hashem wants down to this world, so then they have that power at their disposal to bring down to this world. And therefore the Malachim also called it a him. As the Pastor says uh, in the beginning of Eav, and all the Bnei Lehim, which refers to the Malachim in that context, came to Hashem. So they also considered beings which have power. Is there a difference between Malach and Malach? Yes, a Malach. Why do they call the Malach? Malach means a messenger. So it's a messenger to do something, and that doesn't necessarily have to be something which has a certain power to it. It's just to do a job. Whereas sometimes when it's here to, have to be used as the way that Akadosh Baruch Hu brings whatever kayak he wants to turn to this world, so the Malach is the one who's carrying that kayak, he's the one who's bringing it, yeah? And if we say him as having power. Okay, so that's the basic idea of the word of him, and he explains it. But then Hashem Hazeh, it talks about, like in the, in the plural, the world which when the original Vodazara began, just like the Ramban also explained, it was because people understood the system. They understood that these various uh, agents which bring down different, different abilities, different properties of spirituality down to this world. And they felt what they could do is they could somehow access that, the, the Vodazara that they worshipped. And therefore they used to have what they called which means they saw each one as being a, a, a responsible for a specific kayak and that's why they needed some kind of worship to attach themselves or to be able to receive from each individual kayak and that's why no, in Avodah there wasn't the concept of a one God Avodah worked with there was a force for rain and the force for sign and the force for growth and the force for life and the force for childbirth and the force for wealth and whatever it's going to be because they understood they saw there was a system where there were lots of different Malachim um, employed, so to speak, each one to bring down a certain shekel to this world. And the point of the desire was to try and, w- w- try and work with those Malachim as opposed to Hashem himself. And therefore, the desire never believed in or never w- dealt with the concept of a one superpower which uh, controls everything. They also knew that Hashem. And this is important because we see in the Psukim that uh, the Gemara says that the, 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 the idolaters of old recognized that there was Hashem. It says, the They call him the God of all the gods. They recognized there was Hashem. Of course, he was on top of the pyramid. But they thought that if there are these various spiritual forces which are bringing whatever individualized kayakhid is down from Hashem, we can try and deal with them and take and be able to receive from them rather than have to approach Hashem himself. Which was a mistake. That was a mistake of Avedizar. But they called them Rabim and him powers because they had the whole pantheon of different things which they realized, which they thought of as having been able to attract different powers. Each one by itself had a certain power. They speak about all the different kaifas that they try to uh, connect themselves to as being in the plural, all the kaifas that they were. Good question. In those days though, 
Yes, had power of How was that possible? Like the power of the heat of the sun, the power of, of health. How would they? They have ways of connecting directly yes. with these. Yes. That's what made Avodah something which was a big design. When we say in different words, it made Avodah something which is very attractive. Which is why the Torah warns us so many times not to do it. Because if people had a way, had to access whatever they wanted by manipulating, so to speak, the system, by, by taking it directly from the Malachim, so then one didn't need to dive into Hashem. Because instead of asking Hashem and relying on Hashem to give a person, that no, person can be self-dependent. He can take it for himself. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if he knew how to use the system, so then why should he ask? Why, why can't he just take it and do, do what he wants to do by himself? Which was, uh, which was the Ba'etzim downfall of a way desire. That people felt that uh, we, we, we have the ability, we know what to do on our own, we don't have to run the first brothers to give us. And but it didn't fall until the Ancient Right. What happened at the end of a desire? Yes, Akadosh Baruch took away that knowledge. And therefore we don't, we don't know how this virtual world works anymore. And therefore it's not that Hashem took away the attraction for our desire. Hashem took away the knowledge for our desire. We don't know what to do. And therefore we don't know how to uh, connect to whatever spiritual force it is. How do they used to do it? By Nishpoim Bahem or Ki'ilahim Moshibah. Exactly what the Nefeshachayim we learned it last week. And that is the way that they used to work was they used to be Mashpia. They used to like, you know, use a shemus of, of Hashem to force the various Malachim to give them what they wanted. And why does that work? Because it put them in a position as if, so to speak, they're ruling over these Malachim. What does he mean? Nebuchadnezzar explains exactly the same thing. And he says, the Nisham of a person really comes from a place which is higher than a man. And therefore, if a person using his Nisham would now, so to speak, try and force the Malach to do something, so then the Malach is, 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 is uh, subservient in some level. He's, he's on a less level in some level to the Neshama of a person. And therefore, in some, you can force the Malach to do something. Which is what they tried to do. The way of using the Zara was to try and force Malachim to give them what they wanted. This could be done on the side of Kedush, this could be done on the side of, the side of Tumah as well. But that was the idea. Why and do therefore, they need idols then? Sorry? Why do they need the idols? They, they needed something as a way to bring it down here. The, the idols they had, and the statues they had, was was basically the way just to to, to, to find something here, for, like a retreat, something here to bring it's down, right, to, to bring down whatever they wanted to. And then Abbas is the first. He says the idea of worshiping the idol was only the, the the people, the masses, who didn't understand what was going on. They thought you worship the idol, that's something. The people who who understood the Vedasara, the people who were the real of the Vedasara, understood that that was just like the last step in the in in the process. That doesn't have any power in the design. Yeah, but they were Goyim, most of them were Goyim also have a Nisham that's higher than the Lord. Yes. Um, before Avraham Avinu, yes. Before Avraham Avinu, yes, because then it was only given to Klai Yisrael afterwards. And, in the, and after that, it's true. That was the Avedazar of Avinu Yisrael. Unfortunately, Klai Yisrael were mentioned before. Goyim as well, but the Avedazar, To some extent. It wasn't the same? It wasn't the same. The Goyim after Avraham was... No, it was still Avedazar. But Klaishal uh, but were affected much more by it because they had much more ability. Um, and, and the Gemara says this. The Gemara says that at the time towards the, the declining years of the first place of Migdash, Klaishal were bigger of the Avedazar than all the nations around them because they, they were more able to use it. Okay, and therefore that's the first point that they would make utilize what their ability to force the system to give them what they wanted. 
And they increased all the different kinds of desire to deal with every different kayak, every different element there is which a person's body needs. Or whatever the world needs. And like we said, for all the different parts of the body or whatever it is, there was they understood which kayak was used for that. For anything in the world that they needed, they understood which kayak was used for that. When he calls kayakos, he means what thing what makes things happen here in this world. He calls no any movement here. It comes from something habit which is causing it to move. For example, the way that the sun works and the moon works is a different kayak which, so to speak, directs the sun and a different kayak which directs the moon. They don't work in exactly the same way. And therefore, each one, they understood, has a spiritual kayak which is directing it. But they're synchronized. They're synchronized as part of a system, right. And again, oh, I, uh, this is a point which modern day idolatry or modern day other religions are very different to the olden day Vodhisattva. And that is, the olden day Vodhisattva wasn't trying to explain where the system started from. They also recognized it has to be the superpower Hashem on top of everything else. But that is interesting. Because if I, if I can get what I want by dealing with something lower down the line, so I, don't have to, I, don't have to, I don't have to get to talk to Hashem who is on top of the pyramid. And that's why the Gemara is in more than one place. The, the Goyim recognized it was Hashem. They didn't deny it. They didn't, they didn't make up some other uh, option of what the Creator was. They just didn't need to go there. Right now, I need rain. Uh, the over of desire needs rain. So, okay, so I, I know the force which controls the rain, the Malach which brings rain down to this world. I have the way to force them to, to do what I want them to do. So, why should I bother to go high? I can deal with it directly and get what I want. And everybody says, they understood this. There was no stir by them that there are lots of other desires. There are lots of Elohims. There are lots of Kachoychus. They weren't trying to say one was the, the overall over, the superpower which ran everything. No, each one had this place. And they used each one when they needed it. Kikot, no, he brought Kachoychus. Everything comes from something above it. It didn't come to the first course. The, the power where everything starts with Hashem. Hashem, where all these different Kachoychus emanate from. Why? Either because they didn't recognize him and therefore they thought that there's some other force which runs all the different kaykhs together. Just like the people could think that there's no, there's no, that but what the person is basically just a composite of all the different abilities the person has. And as we said also a number of times, that the going thought Akadish Baruch is too high up and is too different, too distant from us that he's going to be interested in us. And therefore, they thought he's too rachik to tell us that feeling to Hashem is just, he's not interested in us, he's way above us. He said he's too, he's too exalted, he's too far away from us, that he'll be interested in us. He's going to take care of us. And like the Zayab says, it's not true. It's not true. Obviously, Hashem is interested in us. But the mistake they made is that they thought that uh, that that dealing with a level one step above them was more likely to work than trying to appeal to Hashem who is way, way, way above them. The Rabban says exactly the same thing. The Rabban says of the Zayab says exactly the same thing, that they thought that it was a lack of covet to Hashem to try and deal with him directly. And therefore, they felt it was better to to deal with some spiritual force on a lower level. Now we already said a number of times that this is a mistake. 
But I'm going to share with you another uh, dimension of why this was a mistake. Another understanding of where, 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 why this was intrinsically wrong. And that is because, again, it comes from a mistake in the worldview, in the Ashraf al-Sakhaim, of the guy. And that is, what do they think was important? They thought a person is tiny, a person is insignificant. The great Hashem who creates the solar system, who creates the entire universe, can't be interested in one tiny little individual here on the small planet called Earth. Okay, so then what is Hashem interested in? Like I said, Milky Ways, galaxies, solar systems, those are enormous things. So that's something which interests Hashem. But some, some tiny little thing where a person does here on the planet of Earth, that's way, way too insignificant for What's the mistake? The mistake is that they're seeing everything in terms of what's more important is something which is physically bigger. And therefore, you talk about a galaxy of, of you talk about a whole solar system, you talk about a whole Milky Way. So you're talking about enormous, enormous, enormous things. A whole, all the stars are massive. No, that's big. That's something interesting to share. A person, by comparison, is infinitely small. And therefore, if you're looking at physical size as being impressive, of course, the planet, that's amazing, that's big. The heavens are enormous. Whereas this tiny little person here in this world, that's way too small for Hashem to be interested in. And the mistake they were making is, and this is a Yisrael of Yiddish Hashem doesn't care about physical size. It means nothing to him. The, the biggest planet, the entire heavens of the stars, mean nothing to Hashem. Physical things are nothing compared to the value of something spiritual. And therefore, there's a first apostle, which I'll share with you in a moment. And therefore, to say Hashem is impressed by galaxies and not by a person is misunderstanding everything. It's thinking physical size, that's what's the most important to Hashem. And it's exactly the opposite. Hashem doesn't care about it. The physical world, in comparison to the spiritual world, is insignificant. And therefore, by the person that has a neshama, that's more valuable than the entire cosmos. And this is a possible. It says, Hey, Hashem, Hashem has the Shemaim, the heavens, and the heavens above them, you don't even know about. Right? Out of all of that, the entire expanse of the universe, Hashem loved your hearts. That's what that's what you're interested in. And the whole universe, that's irrelevant. And therefore, the, the whole mindset of the Goyim, and that is, the person's too insignificant, uh, you know, says, it's coming from a mistake. It's coming from a mistake if you judge something by its physical, how it presents itself physically, how big it is, how much mass it has. And it's wrong. Akkadish is more interested in us than anything else. Anyway, that's the second point. That was the second reason of the mistake that the Goyim came to. That they thought they weren't able to serve Hashem. Therefore, instead of serving the, the first cause, the, the power which everything be, emanates from, they serve lots of different things because on a lower level they serve each of these different manifestations of what Hashem says down the world. And that's what they call them in the Roshan Rabbi Melehi. That incorporates everything. All the different spiritual forces there are, they serve all of it, wherever they need it. And that's the, con- the con- conglomeration, all those things together they called. And they hear all the different kinds of forces that they were. And therefore, we talk about all these different forces which there are. So we call Akkad Yisparachu, when you say, Jogmarver, he says, he says that when we talk about Hashem, we call him Elekeinu, Baal HaKaychus Kula. Which is referred to Hashem, we're talking about the Baal HaKaychus, the source where all the forces come from. 
and therefore that's stronger than any individual force. This is where it's starting from. This is where we're, we're creating. That's and then we talk about Hashem Elokim or Hashem Elokeinu. We're talking about not an individual force. We're talking about the source, the source of all the different kinds in the world. Finally, explained. That's why the name Elohim can also be used for Avodah Zarah, Elohim Acherim, and can also be used for a person who's strong, Elayaret. Or it talks about the judges being also called Elohim because anything which has a certain degree of ability to of power is called something powerful. Something powerful in Hebrew be a source of uh, of an Elohim, a source of a power. That's one of Hashem. And then he gets to the second name of Hashem, he calls Hashem Anichpad, and that is Hashem, which was called Yudkei Vavkei, we can't pronounce it, Yisparach, or Hashem Noida Ramazarabimidas. Noida Mokam Echad Hashem Noida. Why? Because, when, what does he mean by that, that the Hashem of Hashem um, is different to the Hashem of the Kim? So once again, that's something pretty unanimous in all the Rishonim, we talk about it, that the name uh, Hashem Yudkei Vavkei is really a contraction of three words. Hashem was, Hashem is, and Hashem always will be. And what that means, the Rosh explains this. What that means is that we, being as we can't really define what Hashem is, but the, the highest the, 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 the highest thing we can say is that Rina HaKadosh Baruch exists. He exists and always exists. And that doesn't mean Hoya, He is, He was, He will be. So we're not saying what He is. We're just saying that He is. That He is. That Akhadish Baruch exists, that he's there, that he's always going to be there, that he's not something which is time bound or something which can change, that's never Um And therefore, we're talking about, and as a cloud, of all the different things in the world, is that Hashem is the Lekim who controls all those things, but Hashem, which is we're trying to relate to Hashem himself, so what can we say about Hashem? We say he's we should exist. He's a source of existence. That's uh, that's the name of Yitke Vavke, which means he's the one that always exists. But there's more than that too. It's not just that Hashem exists. It's that Hashem is the source of all existence. And this is something which Nefesh Shachayim explained to us. We learned it. And there is the difference between Hashem is the source of all power, or Hashem is the source of all existence. Because if you're saying Hashem is the source of all power. It means there are things in the world, but Hashem is able to do whatever He wants with them. He, he has all the power to utilize things, to direct them, to manipulate them, to move them, to, to, to get them to do what He wants them to do. The source of all power means Akadosh Baruch Just like we say, that if, if you're powerful, you can use things, or you can uh, direct them to do whatever you want them to do, or give them whatever you want to give them, but then there's something else exists. It's just a question of the power to, to use it at will. Whereas if we say Hashem is the source of all existence, it means nothing else really exists. Everything owes its existence to Hashem. And it was not just that it the fact that Hashem can direct it, like Hashem can like, make it do what He wants it to do, it's much more than that. It's unexisting, Hashem wants it to exist. It's a, it's a high level of understanding that, uh, the, that the, the real Havaya, the real existence, is only from Hashem. And therefore, that's a rough one. Think about and all. We're talking about the, the, the infinite. Of course, it's beyond the human mind because we don't we don't see anything infinite, yeah. and it's bedafka like that. That's that's where Hashem is different to us. That the nature of everything Hashem creates is finite, is, is limited, in the physical world. In the physical world, it's only in the physical world. Just like when a person thinks about himself as having an neshama, 
and a person thinks about his neshama is something which will exist forever, because it's not bound by time. It's not doesn't. It's not something which can die and disappear. It's something which always will exist, just not in the physical reality. So again, people have a hard time conceptualizing that, because as people, we only we only used to dealing with things which we see as are, are, are being finite, or being limited. But just like we can understand, there's a concept of something which time doesn't isn't affected in. If that's the case, that time it's not going to get affected by how much time is there. Time doesn't affect it. If that's the case, then we talk about anything on the Rukhni level as something which time doesn't have an effect on, and if it will last forever. Therefore, he says to somebody, he said, if, if uh, someone would ask, which source of power should you serve? Hashemesh, Ahirech, the sun or the moon, Ahishemayim, or the heavens, Ahamazaris, any individual planet, Ahirokechavim, one of the stars, or one of the elements of the world, Ahirech, fire, Ruach is the wind, Malachim, Aruchim, any kind of Malach. Each one of them has a certain influence on the world. But all these things are things which aren't necessarily going to always be there. Hashem. And the answer is, don't worship any of them. The word a person should direct his fellows uh, to to worship is Hashem himself. And therefore, the way we refer to Hashem himself as as the, the source which which Ba'atim we should we 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 we, we, we to to dive into and to direct our avodah to. We say Hashem is the source of all the existence, where everything begins from. Um, so that's uh, the first part of the experience. We call Hashem Elohim because if you're going to call every force in the world a source of power, then Hashem is the ultimate source of power. But if you're talking, Hashem isn't just more than everything else. There's a conceptual difference. It's not just more about than anything else. The the concept is that is the source of uh, is, is the source of, of everything, like I said source of existence. And therefore, it's not just to be daven to Hashem because He's stronger, because He's more able to do that any matter. We daven to Him because we go back to the beginning of where everything begins from. Now, one last point, which maybe we're not going to see everything about this now, but there's one important point here. And that is, the mistake that the Zara made was, even if it's true that the Amalachim, who, who their job is to bring whatever kayak, whatever shepherd from down to this world, but it doesn't help to talk to them. It doesn't help to dive into them because the malach is, is doing the job. He's not there to decide what to do. So it's not like a Kaddish Baruch who entrusted a Kaddish Baruch and they left it up to the malach's discretion what to do with it. If that would be the case, the malach was now in charge of it, decided what to do, so then yes, maybe there would be a, a reason to dive into a malach. But it's not the way it works. When Hashem gives a malach something to do, He gives him exact orders. And therefore the malach is just acting as a shlich. So to ask him to do something is not going to work. He, he doesn't have the ability to decide to do difference. He's there to do exactly what you want him to do, and that's all he can do. And therefore, it's not something we can, it's like we can't appeal to a man to change. It's not a man isn't a bal bechira who can choose to listen to or listen to. He's sent to do a job, and he does the job he's meant to do. And therefore, the only place the person can dive into is to Hashem, because the only one who can make decisions is Hashem Himself. And therefore, any request, any tefillah, to go right back to Hashem Himself. Because at the end of the day, he's the only one who can decide anything. And therefore, based on Hashem's decisions, is what he's going to send down through these various channels, through these various malachim down to the soul. So, Mr. Rabbi, if 
Because again, the Malachim decide. So the priests were experts you, at forcing. Right, which was Kishif. If you're using whatever the way they knew to, to how to force the Malachim to do something, the Malachim had no choice. It definitely wasn't they could ask. The concept of Tefillah, of asking for something, something to make this by Hashem. 